Hey, Christy. Hi, Edith. What did the termite say when he walked into the bar? What? Is the bartender here? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Christy. And I'm Edith. We're backyard gardeners from Colorado. And neighbors. And friends. These days, gardening has gotten very popular. And we've noticed more and more people picking our brains for tips and troubleshooting about gardening. We're not experts. We just learned a lot about gardening from the mistakes we made along the way. So welcome to Upside Down Tulips. A fun podcast that celebrates gardening gone wrong. Upside Down Hi, everybody, and hi, Christy. Hi, Edith. How are you? I'm doing, well, I was going to say I'm doing great, but actually, I've had a really challenging day dealing with unemployment, so can we Mm -hmm. just get off of that topic right Mm -hmm. away, though Mm -hmm. I'm sure a lot of people can understand the fork and crap I went through today. Can we talk about how's the wedding? The wedding was so (laughs) nice. It was so, so nice. You know... You think, well, um, it's a pandemic wedding, but I liked it more than the 200 that was planned. It was outdoors, 25 people. Oh, nice. It had a naked wedding cake. Do you know what that is? Oh, yeah, I do. I had no idea. That is a a cake with, um, you can see the cake through it. Maybe it'll have frosting on the top, Mm -hmm. but very little or no frosting on the sides. Flowers. They put flowers instead. How perfect for upside down tulips. Yeah, and, and there was uh, corsages with, with real flowers and stuff. It was really very wonderful. And get, guess what I got to do? Now, folks, Edith was the uh, mother of the groom. Yes. Her son got married. I was also, and this is huge, the ring bearer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's adorable. Yeah, so it was really, really nice. Did you have a little pillow? I did. I had oh, beautiful. Oh, I did. I did, be- I did oh, so. I love yes, I did. Pillow. I did so. Oh, did you have any good? What did you give your son? Any advice? Any marriage advice? No. Uh, I don't think at his age he needs any marriage mm-hmm. advice. You know. You know what I mean? I think uh, from what I can tell, they're both doing it perfectly. They're oh, both nice. Doing it really well. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Well, thank you. Wishing thank you for asking them all many years. You know, I was thinking about. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, of course, a lot this week. Yeah. And she had this very funny quote where she said the best advice she ever got was from her mother-in-law. Yeah. And she said, sometimes it's a good idea to be a little deaf. (laughs) (laughs) That is some great advice. Oh, that's really good advice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What's going on in your garden? Well, here's some really good news. Remember how I told you my cukes were done and you said you were taking off the dead uh-huh. leaves? Took off the dead leaves. I've got a bumper crop. It oh, worked. Wow. So they're very slowly coming in, but they're coming in and I didn't expect that. And the zucchini are still producing really, really nicely. Does it, Is this happening to you where wildflowers, lettuce, le- leek, I think, they've reseeded themselves because had- of the weather? I've had dill reseed itself. So I had that one crop of mm-hmm. dill and it, it, little babies are coming up. Yep. Well, you know, they're all going to probably die before they get, uh, but what are you going to do? How do we know now? You know, we of had course. two might... weeks ago, mm-hmm. we had snow mm-hmm. and now it's been in the eighties. You're right. We, we don't know. So we, I just let it live, you know? Um, oh, I made and I, uh, 
I made a hummus with zucchini that was absolutely delicious. Amazing. So not with chickpeas? Not with chickpeas. So the oh, calories like were cut way down, and it was made with fresh zucchini. It was so good. And let's be honest, we can use more good recipes for a zucchini. Yes, we can, always. And I found a good one, and, and um, I posted it to our docs. So soon I saw that. I'll put it up. And okay. I also, can I just say, I want to tell folks that we promise we put recipes up of Edith's chia jam and mm -hmm. my spicy garlic pickles. So they're up, and people can enjoy those recipes. And we'll Excellent. put your zucchini hummus up there, too. I also have a nice recipe for lemon zucchini soup that I haven't put oh, in the docs yet. I've never... You it's know, I'll good. use zucchini in, in stews and things like uh -huh. that, but I've never heard of a zucchini soup. It's good soup. It's good. And you know, I have a zucchini fritter recipe. Oh, I bet that sounds So it's sort of like really a zucchini good. pancake. Mm -hmm. like but a, instead of potatoes, you use shredded zucchini. That sounds actually So that sounds we'll have a lot great. of zucchini recipes. We'll Let's do up. it. That's a really good idea. Um, you know, I wrapped tomatoes. Did you wrap tomatoes after we had that snow, after the cold? No. I did. I left them all on, and they all survived. I wrapped some, and a third of them were ripe. So oh, there was good. that. So I froze them. And the last thing was um, I looked up, and it said cantaloupe would ripen off the vine. So I had it in this basket in the sun, and it was soft, and it was terrible tasting. Oh. It wasn't sweet. Oh. It was like orange cottage cheese. It oh. just, yeah, I was disappointed. I gave up on cantaloupe a couple years ago. It was just, I never it's, it's, got much. It was also really hard for me to know when it was ripe. Yeah, it's hard. And, and for some reason, we just don't have long enough of a, of a growing season. So anyway, that was my week in the garden. Yours? How was well, yours? Well, have you? I feel like I'm getting all the seasons in my garden right now. Because... <laughs> It feels like it's fall uh -huh. because a lot of those fall crops are starting to come in. It feels like it's spring because I have the little new growth, the little growth, the little carrots, the little lettuce, the little spinach. It feels like it's summer because for some reason, I don't know why, but my zinnias survived that snow last week. Mm -hmm. So I have these beautiful zinnias summer flowers next to And it was 90 today. The moms. It was so, 90 today. Yeah. It feels mm -hmm. like all the seasons are are happening yeah i would say the biggest news on the is for me is on the tomato front yeah because somebody died alice is no more i pulled her out i thought alice she was plant. okay i thought mr brady was the bad mr one. brady is no more you pulled them out i pulled alice and mr brady and greg brady Oh, I didn't, so, I didn't know he was a problem. He was a vernissage, and he just all of a sudden just all turned yellow, and I went, I was just in a mood, and I just pulled all three out, and I feel a little better. Good. I feel like my garden looks better, that they, I, and I threw them in the garbage because I think they had some sort of fungus or uh -huh, wilt on uh -huh. them, and, I, and um, I, I feel good about it. Good. I, li I like taking it apart a little at a time. Like I took out beans the other day, green beans, you know? Mm -hmm. Rather than take the whole garden at one time, I'm like, doing it in pieces can you believe that my green beans finally came in what we had green beans for dinner tonight what when did you plant them well i was planting successions of them all uh -huh. year and then the first ones just they just never came up they never did well maybe i put them in a bad place in my garden because oh, i do square foot rotation uh-huh uh -huh. maybe they were just unhappy where they were but i now i have a lot of green beans oh, coming good. in they were delicious they good. were really good very good another thing about tomatoes is that i had 
oh, the the big beef steaks are coming in now. Uh huh. I don't think I'm gonna have enough tomatoes this year to can. Oh. I'm gonna do some freezing, and that's okay because we're enjoying the tomatoes as they come in. Big beef steaks that were coming in. Uh huh. And I was saving one for some one reason, and I had them all in this little bowl, and one of them started to go bad. Uh, so you know what I did, Edith? What? Is I scooped out the seeds. Smart. And I thought, I'm going to save these seeds. How do I do that? Edith said this in our episode on how seed saving can mm-hmm. save you from zombies. So I had to go back and listen to the episode uh, so I could remember excellent. what you did. And so here's my jar. Is that what that is? So I put them in. I put the seeds in here and I put a little water in, right? Uh-huh. I did it right. yesterday and you said shake mm-hmm. it. Once a day. Shake it once a day for about mm-hmm. five days. Uh-huh. And then I'm going to strain it through something that will capture the tomato seeds yes. and then put them on a paper plate or something, right? Yep, exactly. Because these were great. These, this was a this plant loves my garden. This was my best plant. This good. was Jan Brady. Good, good. Aw, Jan. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Jan, Jan, Jan. That's all she talks about is Jan, Jan, Jan. Uh, I moved a plant this yesterday morning. I moved a butterfly weed plant. Yeah. It gave me little volunteers. So oh, they were growing, but I looked yeah. at them and I know they're not in the place I want them to be because it's too close to the edge of the bed. Mm-hmm. So I scooped them up and I put them in different places in my yard. And butterfly weed, terrible name for a beautiful plant. Yeah. Bright orange. And it's even going to seed right now. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. And it's so cool when they go to... Have you seen them when they go to seed? I don't think I have. They These pods bust open with little like dandelion type parachutes. Is it like milkweed? It is like milkweed. Oh, okay. I have milkweed. I, I know what you mean. Maybe that's why it's called butterfly weed because it's like milkweed. But boy, it's a such okay. a cool little plant. And I went to the nursery and I bought pansies because I just wanted to have some some nice little blooming annuals to replace some of the ones that weren't doing so well. I figure if we're going to get another month or two, pansies can live through snow. I just wanted to enjoy that's some a pansies. Nice idea. Yeah. And here's the interesting thing I saw in the nursery. Do you remember when we were talking about you could plant another crop? Yeah. And you can do it by seed or you could get little seedlings. And you were saying, well, where are you going to get seedlings? The nursery that I went to had little seedlings. So, folks, you may want to check. Of vegetables or yes, flowers? Yes, of vegetables. of vegetables. You may want to check your nursery because they had lettuce, spinach. I almost picked up the beets because I didn't do a second planting of beets. Uh-huh. I thought, boy, those beets look really good. I might go back and, and get them because I've been eating a lot of beets this summer. Okay. So isn't that, you know, if you, That's if, wonderful. If you missed it. Yeah. And, you know, maybe they were five bucks or so for a little uh-huh. thing of seedling. So I thought that was, I thought that was kind of cool. That is very cool. Okay. So this is actually, it's my, my son, this is his first year gardening, my son, Chris. And I told him to email so I could call it a letter. <laughs> because <laughs> So I he th- got married and he had time to ask you questions about compost. Hey, we were literally playing uh, words with friends <laughs> through his honeymoon. Yeah, <laughs> multitasking. <laughs> so anyway, um, I thought these were really good questions because if he has these questions, other people will too, okay? Uh, he says, um, are maggots in compost bad? Oh. Now, first I have to tell you something. He, when, you know, he, when he was like an eight-year-old boy, he would come up with these questions. Like, what would you rather? Would you rather have maggots in your eyes or nails in your knees all day long? <laughs> so that made me, so I laughed about that. Um, and I have to say maggots are not bad. They're disgusting to most people, but uh, they break down the compost just like worms. Sure. Right? 
and uh, disgusting things like dog vomit slime mold are not necessarily bad. Mm-hmm. So I would say it's okay. Ma- it's okay to have maggots in your compost. That's other- a great name for like a rock band. Maggots in your compost. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> maggots in your compost. <laughs> <laughs> she will do anything to sing. She so misses the theater. Okay. I do. So I know you do. The next question he had, is it possible to turn the compost too often? Yes. Really? Yes. I mean, if you turn it every day, you're going to disrupt the organic stuff that's going on. The, the fungus won't get a chance to grow and stuff uh-huh. like that. That makes sense. So it's better to do it like you do it once a year if you're lucky <laughs> than to do it the lazy way. Do it, yeah, than to do it yes. every day. Don't do it every day. Uh, once every two weeks probably is just fine. And... Um, those were the questions that he had, and I feel like I've answered them. That's awesome. Anything to add? You know, one thing we forgot to talk about with compost last week was compost tea. Compost tea. Because you do compost tea, don't you? I do, and I do manure tea as well. Which is just you uh, put some compost either in a bucket or I get those big green cat litter things from when I used to have cats. I saved them. Mm-hmm. Put a couple of scoops of that on the bottom. And then you put water on top, cover it so it doesn't stink and draw flies. Let it sit there a while, a couple weeks, and you have a really good organic fertilizer that you made yourself. Love it. The other thing, you know what? There are places in Denver, and I don't know what listeners look into if this is in your city. There are places in Denver where you, if you give food scraps to this recycle place, they will give you back compost. That's amazing. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. That I, I just think Denver has some things so right on. So they will do that. So that may also be in your area. So check it out. Thanks, Edith. And folks, if you hear words or terms that you're not familiar with, or if you want a good laugh, you should uh-huh. check out the Upside Down Dictionary on our website. Please do. Compost tea, I believe, is on there. And we also have pictures of our gardens on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. Yes, we do. The good, the bad, and the ugly, all on there. (laughs) Everything is there. (laughs) Christy, your garden looks great. Thanks. I've been mulching and deadheading and watering... Open up! I know you're in there. Oh, no, Christy. It's the yard Nazi. You mean the HOA? Same thing. Your door was unlocked, so I let myself in. An unlocked door is a violation of the Windsprings Farms Covenant, contract Article 17, subset A2. It's Edith's fault. She came to visit and didn't lock the door behind her. She has a key. Christy! I can't believe you threw me under the bus. I'm sorry, I panicked. I'll never do it again. You bet you won't. Public transportation is not allowed near Windsprings Farms. As per Article 3, Subset 15b, keep America safe. Now, I see you have unauthorized foliage in the front of the house. It's a pumpkin plant. I was going to give pumpkins to the neighborhood kids. I mean, it's beautiful, don't you think? Stop talking. If that's what you have so brazenly in the front, I can only imagine what you have in the back. Party in the front, party in the back. Excuse me? You're not helping. Sorry. 
According to the covenant which you signed, the only authorized landscaping is gravel grass or low-maintenance non-flowering shrubbery. Michael Tolan said, Alon is nature under totalitarian rule. Mikhail Tolan did not sign the Wind Springs Farms covenant, did he? And you, Edith, you have unauthorized signs in front of your house. We don't care whom you support politically, who you think can love whom, and whose life matters. I don't think that's what We have lawyers. You have three days to comply. We're in deep manure, Edith. Yeah. Imagine what would happen if she knew we were the hosts of a gardening podcast celebrating our gardening mistakes and victories. Speaking of which, let's go down to the basement and record our next episode. Good idea. That will make us both feel better. Let's go. Tough day. Pick yourself up with our funny and informative podcast, Upside Down Tulips. So, we're going to talk about bulbs, and we couldn't be more excited, could we, Christy? (laughs) Why are you looking at me that way? (laughs) Well, because one of the things that I found out about bulbs is little bulbs are called bublets. Bulbits. Bulbits. Isn't that fantastic? Bulbits. 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 Doesn't it sound like a Dickens character? Mr. Bulbits. Mr. Bulbits. Please, Mr. Bulbits. So right there. some more? That's half of what I know about bulbs. Right there. (laughs) So um, I'm going to throw it over to you. And I will interject things, you know, things I know. Uh, but there's not as much as you know. So, Christy, let's talk about bulbs. Uh, well, I would like to talk about tulips today. <gasps> tulips. Daffodils, hyacinths, crocus, and allium. So these are fall bulbs. We'll talk about spring bulbs another time. Because now is the time for fall bulb planting. And tulips were first cultivated by the Turks as early as 1000 A.D. Well, Edith, <laughs> that is wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. 1000 AD. Yes. And the word, the name tulip comes from the Turkish word for turban. Which makes sense. That's adorable. Because a tulip upside, an upside down tulip looks like a turban. Isn't that adorable? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Did you also know that the Flemish botanist, Carolus Clusius, Uh in 1593 planted some of his own tulips? As a result, in 1594, is considered to be the official date of tulips first blooming in Holland. Oh, good for you, Mr. Clusius. So therefore, there was a period from 1634 to 1637 known as tulip mania. Oh, mm-hmm. like beetle mania, but for bulbs. People went <laughs> crazy Nuts, did they? over tulips. They were so excited about it that it created an economic frenzy and one of the world's first speculative bubbles. The value of tulips shot up overnight. They became the most expensive flower in the world. So expensive, they were treated as currency. They cost 10 times more than a working man's salary in the Netherlands, making them more valuable than some houses. Wow. I I also read that um, they were first used for medicinal purposes, but they didn't say what medicinal purposes <laughs> I re- I remember this about Audrey Hepburn 
uh-huh. that she was her she was part Dutch and British, and in World War Two in the Netherlands, mm-hmm. she would have starved if she hadn't gone out into the fields and eaten tulip bulbs, and that's how oh. the Dutch lived through oh the, my gosh. the horrible famine. And lack of food at the end of World War II. It's exactly like Scarlett O'Hara. I will never be hungry again. <laughs> Eat tulips. And you can wow. use tulips in recipes, apparently. Well, sure. I guess you can. I mean, they're, if they're medicinal, it makes sense that you can eat them, right? Sure. And they're full of nutrition because that's how the flower eats and grows and waits to be planted. Yeah. And, and doesn't die. They're all their own little kit. A bulb is. A tulip bulb, a daffa daffodil they're all their own little kit that's so cool they're like a food kit yeah yeah like like one of those blue apron things <laughs> yeah, that's right yes. everything comes in it you yeah. can increase your subscription or end it at any time that's perfect <laughs> good uh i planted tulips today did you yeah what, what color uh multicolor. beautiful and there's one thing about planting bulbs that i think that can that people can get into this mindset of perfectionism uh-huh. that it always has to be the right time of year, the right temperature, the exact right depth. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're gonna not have the best bulbs come up. And you know, Edith, maybe that's true. However, I think perfectionism can get in the way of people planting bulbs. And this is coming, ladies and gentlemen, from the person who planted her tulip bulbs upside down. Hence the name of our podcast. Right. I planted them. The first tulips I ever planted when I was a young newlywed, they came up. I was so excited, but they all flopped over. And my sweet elderly neighbor, um, when I asked her what happened to my tulips, she said, well, dear, did you plant them upside down? They still came up. And they still came up. That's the thing. They flopped over. They wanted to live. They wanted to see the sun. And up they came and then flopped right over. So you think, well, why, you know, when you should plant, when you should plant a tulip, the right time is when the t- the soil of the ground is under 60 degrees or when the up, the, the air and the, the atmosphere, atmosphere, what we breathe is maybe, you know, 40 or 50 degrees at night. Uh-huh. You know, they do need a, they do need a little chill. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe I'm a little early, but I planted them today because one, I wanted to. You get to do whatever you want. That's right. They're your bulbits. I was ready to do it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll be so excited and I'll go to the nursery or to Lowe's or Home Depot and I'll buy a bunch of bulbs and I'll wait for the perfect time. Uh-huh. And when the perfect time happens, I'm not ready. I forget. Okay. So I'll come in the spring and people out there, you can relate to this. You'll go out in the spring and you'll see those bags of tulips out there. And you know what? They're done. You can't say, oh, I'll plant them this fall. You can't plant them again. However, let's talk about this. If you buy them, say somebody has a sale, and you buy them months before you're able to plant them, they will last, especially if you put them in vermiculite or something like that. They, they, Like you said, they're a kit. Mm -hmm. They don't die right away. You just have to keep them dry, and they will last until you're ready to plant them. Unless, of course, you let them go the whole winter. Yeah, yeah. Then yeah. You're, or you could always, you know, force them in the in the winter time too. You could. I've heard about people doing that. I'm, I'm just no. I, I just have to yeah. take my support but, away from the forcing <laughs> thing. Forcing my little bublets. 
Well, so now is a great time. And if you are in zone B to 10, then you can put the bulbs in the refrigerator for six to eight weeks because bulbs need a little chill mm-hmm. before they, they get going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like ladybugs, you can put them in the refrigerator. <laughs> That's for right. a while. Yeah. Imagine that, like having, and then, you know, maybe that's what I should do is if I put the bulbs in the refrigerator, I'd see them more often. Uh-huh. And then you know, I'm mad. And then you get won't those, forget. Yeah. I get those you, on yeah, the you're, ground. You're a little forgetful sometimes. But I have planted, I planted in Minnesota in December. I remember being out in December and my neighbor saying, those are never going to come up. And they did. Well, good. But you're not in Minnesota anymore. Ah, <laughs> oh, geez. Do you know... Did you know, and I just found this out today, well, a little while ago, um, there are some house plants that are bulbs. Yes. Like a shamrock. Yes. I have a shamrock story. Hmm. Let's Something hear it. I did. Uh, I was given a shamrock, a beautiful a one with burgundy leaves, and it was big, and it had these wonderful white flowers, gorgeous. And then the flowers went away. It didn't look so good, and I thought, okay, it died. So I put it in my compost pile. But apparently, I left one little tiny bulb still in it without realizing it. I put potting soil in it. I planted my Christmas cactus. Now, I have a Christmas cactus and a shamrock growing in the exact same pot. They're buddies. Well, they're like neighbors who have opposing yard signs, maybe. Oh, no. Well, I mean, you can tell, you know, one of them is trying to dominate. And the shamrock at this point is winning. And I can't take it apart. I think I would kill the whole thing. It's kind of pretty still. It's still kind of pretty. I'll send you a picture. Oh, great. We'll put it on our our Pinterest page. Oh, good. And our Facebook page. (laughs) Kids, stop it! (laughs) And those animals don't belong in the house. What were you? Raised in a barn? No, we were raised in a shoe. (laughs) That is so disrespectful. Wait till I tell your father about this. Mr. Spratt? Jack? Jack Spratt, where are you? I'm down here, dear. Help! I'm coming! (laughs) Oh, Jack. Did you fall through the coal chute again? I was shoveling coal and the momentum took me through the chute. Unfortunate and dusty. Last month, you slipped through the sewer drain. Yeah, a bit smelly. Last Tuesday, when it was storming, you took the umbrella and the wind took you to Amsberley. I followed you all the way there and gave you a nice, soft land. Yes, thank you. That was kind. I'm glad I didn't hurt you. The kids cried for half an hour, and then they sold your stuff. They thought you were dead. Uh, speaking of dead, the garden looks well dead. There should be kale and potatoes and winter squash out there. I've had nothing to eat. I can eat no fat. Ah, Jack, I'm sorry. Didn't you listen to Upside Down Tulips, a gardening podcast? I did. I listened to it, and I planted, watered, and mulched. How often? Just the ones. Well, that's not enough now, is it? 
No wonder it died. Honest, Jack, I didn't know. I'm so sorry. I thought the upside-down ladies were just being excessive. Please, don't divorce me and send me and the kids back to the shoe. I know what. Why don't I subscribe? Then it'll come right to my favorite device and I'll garden as I listen. That's grand, old woman. Here, I have a present for you. Twinkies? My favorite. Because you know I can't eat no lean. You do love me, Jack Sprab. Tarside, do, old woman. You keep me grounded. Stay grounded. Keep gardening. Subscribe to Upside Down Tulips. <laughs> when I planted those tulips in December in Minnesota and they still came up, I'd kind of made, though, a fatal design flaw when it comes to planting bulbs. Okay, what did you do? I planted them all in a row, like little soldiers. Oh, is that terrible? It's, you know, that's not the way nature is. And oh, a lot of people, which is the, which okay. is the way I plant them now, is I don't plant the tulips all in a row. I plant them in little bunches, actually big bunches of like groups of five, groups of seven in odd numbers. Some people, what they do is... Why just, odd numbers? That's interesting. Um, it's, I wonder if it has something to do with like the, the golden triangle theory of Leonardo da Vinci, that odd numbers in the garden, I think are just more interesting. So when I plant groups of plants, I always do it in threes or fives or sevens. Okay. And also because maybe if it's an even number, you tend to get too symmetrical. Yeah. Right. And it's Nature nicer when it is a straight line. Oh yeah. Okay. I that even use sense. that when I teach theater, you know, and you're talking mm -hmm. about staging you know, nature yes. abhors a straight line, and yeah. so you want to get a lot of variety in there. And odd numbers, for some reason, are visually interesting. Oh, okay, that's good to know. Okay. And you always think you have enough tulips. I had somebody tell me, oh, Chris, you got to come and show me how to plant tulips. I bought 70 tulips, and I know they think that is a ton of tulips, uh -huh. but that's maybe like one or two, three areas. Yeah. Of you got to always get more than you think and plant in mass uh, don't kind of have them. You know what some people do is they have a they open a big trench and they just drop them. Really. And wherever they fall, of course, turn them pointy side up. Whenever they whenever they fall, they get to stay there. But yeah, you you just make sure that they're set in properly. Yeah, oh, yeah, I yeah. see. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Do you like putting all the red together, all the yellow together, or you like it multicolored? I kind of mix it all up, mixing it especially up. when it comes to tulips, because you know tulips don't last forever. Unless you have a Darwin hybrid, most hybrid tulips really will only last a couple of years. Really? Think about that. When you plant a tulip, the first year comes up, it's gorgeous, but then it sort of dwindles and eventually just goes away. I've had some go away. Yeah, they don't, they don't last. The way they make the hybrids, they don't last forever anymore. Oh. So I try to mix things up and, you know, I try to get a lot of different, a lot of different colors. This one bag that I bought was a variety, you know, some pinks and yellows and purples and I have some other ones that are all red or I'd like to have them in all all in mass though yeah good and mm -hmm. planting them I don't know I really enjoyed planting them today you the, one of the tricks about planting tulips is about the depth of it so the depth should be about two about two to two and a half times the size of the bulb 
So if you have a two-inch daffodil bulbs, daffodil bulbs are huge. You want to get those down. Yes. You want to try to get them down six inches. Boy, it's not always easy to do it. It isn't because I've also noticed in the spring, sometimes, you know, with the snow and the ice heaving the ground around. Right, yeah. Sometimes there it is laying on the top, and sometimes the squirrel gets it before I get to oh, it. Oh, yeah. The squirrels do yeah. love to eat those bulbs. They love they love tulips, but you know what they don't like? What? Daffodils, hyacinths, crocus. They won't eat those. Isn't that so? Something? If you have squirrels that are trying to dig up your bulbs, beggars shouldn't be choosers. Yeah. That's all I can say and about what the squirrel. You can also some people do is that there's actually a little a little box, a little bulb box kit that you can put the bulbs in that's full of holes, and you bury the box, and then the tulips will shoot up through there and keep the squirrels out. Or another wait thing, a minute, wait a minute. So the, the it's not just, is it a whole box on all sides? Yeah, and with 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 holes in it. Oh, I see. The tulips will find the holes. Yeah. Oh, I've never even heard of that. That's Some people clever. put chicken wire around where they plant tulips. Uh-huh. I will do uh, red pepper flakes or cayenne because squirrels and bunnies don't like the taste of cayenne. Okay. Though it doesn't last forever. Yeah. Yeah, right. It rains. <laughs> it's kind of gone. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of gone. So I've, do, I've done that before. Um and I also will plant, it's good to plant bulbs where you're going to put annuals later on. So that you don't have bare spots. Yeah. I always Seasonally. forget where I plant them yeah. Some people say you could put like chopsticks or golf tees to know where you planted the uh-huh. bulbs, but uh-huh. I'm just, I'm never that organized. And I forget, and then I dig up old bulbs. <laughs> Which doesn't kill them. No, I just got to okay. throw them back in. Yeah, that's true. Put them back in. Yeah. Um, it's possible, well, there's lots of reasons why bulbs will not show up. So here are some. Okay. Well, one is you have a bad bulb. Bad bulb. Bad bulb, bad bulb. (laughs) What you gonna do? (laughs) So this is a bulb that is moldy or has soft spots or it just dried up. Uh Uh-huh. Dried up like onions get like months later. Nothing. It feels like like tissue paper. Yeah. Um, Bulbs need sun. They need at least a half a day of sun. So if you put a bulb in the shade, it's just not going to do as well. Okay, good to know. Very good to know. Um, and don't forget that it, when you when, don't forget that at, in the spring, sometimes don't they come before the trees leaf out completely? Oh, a lot. You know, the best bulb in the world for that is crocus. I have crocus. Yeah, I love They're crocus. The best little flower. So they come up, and then by the time that it's all the leaf in the tree, the crocuses are done. I planted crocuses yesterday. Nice. They're great. Some people used to put crocus in the lawn because then you can just add the crocuses are done. You can just mow it as part of your lawn. Oh, yeah, that's good. Wouldn't that be pretty if you just had a lawn that just bloomed? Yes. Full of crocus and then it just blended in with the grass That would be gorgeous, yeah. And daffodils, of course, will come up in the snow. They have a special mm -hmm. coating on them. They do. that That will help them survive. And so do crocuses that will help them survive the snow. A little waxy coating so that they don't mind. The first sign of spring is a crocus, isn't it? Well, for me, yes, it's a crocus and it's a daffodil. So it's the Mm -hmm. yellow and the purple always in my yard. And crocuses and daffodils will multiply. Crocuses and daffodils will multiply. Will they? Yeah. And hyacinths will also. Huh. If you have grape hyacinth, yeah, they multiply. Hyacinths will multiply. Well, that's so good. But good for them. Tulips. Maybe some do, but tulips yeah. in general do not, just because they've been bred so much. It's like oh. 150 
varieties and over 5,000 species of And they've tulips, been here so. since 1,000 I, A.D. You know, a really smart and beautiful person told me that recently. I can't think of who the heck that was, but anyway, let's move on. It's also possible that tulips won't come up because, or any kind of bulb, because it's either too wet or too dry. Too wet or too dry. They don't like it. They, you need to water them. When you plant them, you need to give them some water. You can also give them a little bone meal. You can give them some um, ground-up eggshells mm-hmm. uh, and make sure they stay watered. But if you're in a real rainy spot, hold off. Yeah, because they'll rot down there. Yeah. But pretty much anything you plant needs water right away. Pretty much That's pretty much across the board, right? Yes. Pretty much absolutely anything. You're trying to get these yeah. bulbs to... The plant is already there. You want the bulb. You want the roots. Mm-hmm. You want the roots to start growing so they'll start growing growing down yes Um, and then after your bulbs have given you all their beautiful joy you do not want to pull the leaves no because then they can't do photosynthesis they're making the flower for next year yep so as soon as soon as the flower spent i will nip it off but after the flower after, after i've nipped the spent flower off leave the leaves there and you told me to do that with my iris too Yes. That's, is that pretty much a, a yes. across the board, leave daffodils, the etc.? Take the flower off, mm-hmm. leave the leaves there so it has something mm-hmm. to work with. And then once they've yellowed and fallen down, then you can move them out of the way and then plant annuals on top of where it's they were. It's really nice when they let you know they're ready when they fall down. Like, like garlic, when it's ready, it just dries up and falls down in your garden. Mm-hmm. And you know it's ready to... Because that's also a bulb. Are you planting garlic this year? Yes, I am. And how do you do that? I'm going to, to dig out an area, and I'm going to put it in just just like bulbs, you know, uh-huh. fat side down, pointy side up, and then cover it with dirt. <laughs> yeah. And I have to tell you, this is the first time I've planted garlic because I don't usually thin garlic. I don't usually thin it, which mm. is my mistake. Me too. This year, I did thin it. And I saved some cloves, and I am going to plant it in a whole new area and hope that it gets really big and delicious. Oh, that and, sounds and nice. And eat the scapes. Yes. Don't forget about the scapes, which is, it'll get, in the spring, it gets curly on top. Mm-hmm. So the very end of it is, is kind of tough, but the scapes, people make pesto out of it. They fry it, they grill it, and it's very good for you. Okay, here's one more thing that I think is really cool about tulips. Is that, did you know, Edith? That there is a tulip that is an upside-down tulip. <gasps> no, really? It is called the Fritillaria imperialis. It is an upside-down tulip, also known as the crying tulips of Turkey. Did they breed them that way, or was they original? were they originally like that? I have no idea, I know but they, I'm trying to know, find my picture. In the beginning of the, our little lecture, we pointed out that they originated in Turkey. I had no idea. So here's a picture of what they look like. Oh, that's beautiful. They are really big. They look like they're wearing hula hoop skirts. It does. Hula it looks skirts, sort of, doesn't it? Yeah, it looks like a big stalk, and it's a it is a big circle of tulips that are upside down. The blossom is, and on top, almost looks like it's a pineapple top. Doesn't it? Does it? Or, yeah. And they come in all different colors. Now I mm. want to go to Turkey. These are yellow and red, but they also come in orange and pink, mm-hmm. and they can be about three feet tall. Oh, come on, really? So when you Google Upside Down Tulips, not only will you see this really cool podcast, but you'll also see these pictures of of a thing called Upside Down Tulips. Very gorgeous. Very nice. 
Okay, Edith, yes. get your finger and your thumb ready. It's because, ready. Uh-oh. It's time for mailbag. Ring, ring. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, boy, can I just say this before as we start this? Yes. Is that we're getting some just awesome letters from people. Do you remember when we had to beg people and now people <laughs> know, are right? just, people that we knew or relate were related to, now people you're just sending us letters and... I have to say, it keeps my spirits up. Doesn't it keep your spirits Boy, up? Boy, you know, after the, the hard day I had today with unemployment office, uh-huh. these things really do help uh, they, fill the they holes do. in my soul. Yes. <laughs> fill the, 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 there's some really nice people out there. Soul filler number one okay. is from Lula, which is also just a pretty name, isn't it? Beautiful name. She says, hi, Christy and Edith. I enjoy listening to your podcast while I'm watering and wandering around the garden. A lot of people do that, huh? Mm-hmm. I heard you say that neither of you like Swiss chard and had to chime in because it is one of my favorite and easiest things to grow. If you want to try a good recipe, try sautéing it with onions and butter and then topping it with a fried egg. Delish. It is also a great edimental plant, one that is beautiful to interplant with flowers and looks nice in a border or mixed bed. I plant mine in spring and it keeps its shape and color well into the fall. When you want to eat some or give some away, just trim some outer leaves and it will keep producing. Thanks for keeping me company in the garden and being part of my virtual gardening community. And Lula, Lula, thank you for teaching me a new word. I didn't know that word, edimental. Yes, well, you have to put that in the upside down dictionary. Well, I'm going to have to look it up first. (laughs) I also love that recipe. Yeah, that does sound really good. Maybe we should plant Swiss chard next year. I will. You've, you've, You've inspired us, Lula. Yes, I'm going to plant your edimental plant next year, (laughs) as soon as I find out what that word means. All right, can I read my letter? Yes. This letter is from Gretchen. Gretchen from Lakewood. Oh, this is so nice, Christy. Should I read it out loud, or just can I just read it to myself? Uh, I think, let's try reading it out loud loud? and see what happens. Okay, here we go. You both are so helpful with advice and your dictionary. Thank you. As well as being... So clever and funny, too. Thanks for your descriptions of how you kept your plants alive when it recently snowed. Since we live in a townhome with no yard, we just hauled our container flowers and herbs into the garage. It was still warm, of course, but won't be once the temps stay low. Big smile, smiley face. Aw, that's nice. And I also think it's so, you know, a lot of people with townhomes. Yep. Garden. Have containers. For the beauty and also to eat stuff. Yeah. And yeah. lucky that you can just move things into the garage. Yeah, that's really lucky. Eventually you'll get tired of that. Just like eventually we get tired of putting blankets over our plants. Yeah, but there does there does come a time where, where I will not do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I just won't. But just I just so appreciate her writing and letting us know that she likes the podcast and telling us a little about her garden. Yeah. Thank you very much, Gretchen. Thanks, Gretchen. So, folks, if you have your favorite gardening stories, please send them to us. We want to hear your stories about tulips and bulbs and your fall harvest and your tomatoes. Uh, If you have more zucchini recipes, Swiss chard recipes. Edimental things. New words we never heard of. We love new words. (laughs) Send them on in. Compliments. Compliments so are, yeah, compliments are very, very <laughs> nice. We all need to shore each other up these days. Yes. Indeed, we do. We really, truly do love hearing from you. So just write to us at UpsideDownTulips at gmail.com or at our website, UpsideDownTulips.com. There you go. Ring, ring. <laughs> <laughs>
I want it said of me by those who knew me best, that I always plucked a thistle and planted a flower where I thought a flower would grow. Abraham Lincoln. We need his wise words these days. Yes, we do. Wasn't that wonderful? Our inspiration for the week. Thank you, Abe. And that's it. We're at the end. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We are Edith Weiss and Christy Montour Larson. She has more names than I do. That's right. Makes up for my lack of height. (laughs) (laughs) But I have more inches. That's That's right. right. If you're a fan of the show, please give us a five-star rating or a review on Apple Tunes or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. You can also subscribe to us now on YouTube. And if you have someone in your life that you think would like this podcast, please do them a favor and us and let them know about it. Also, special thanks to Denise Gentilini for composing and performing the Upside Down Tulips theme song, which we love. If you'd like to hear more of her music, go to denisegentilini.com and you can find that link on our website. And special thanks to our friends and very talented actors, Emma Messenger, Billy McBride, and Michael Shalhoub. And don't forget, if you make a mistake, your garden will forgive you. No blame. Upside down.